0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> That's showbiz, kid.
1: There's no business, business like show business. business. <laughs> like no business. There's no furlough like show furlough. Really okay. <laughs> okay, welcome to episode two of... <laughs> Like, I'm obviously so excited that I can't actually speak. <laughs> welcome. Aww. This is like the really fun one, sorry. No, this is fun. This is the musical theatre edition of Run the Track, episode two. Woo, <laughs> woo. Um, Lucy, are you a musical theatre fan? Obviously. I mean, isn't that obvious? In it the is way obvious.
2: that I just live my life. Yeah. It's quite musical theatre. It's
1: probably the one thing if I could live my life again, I would... Base all my decisions off the dream of just being <laughs> simply in the ensemble of a West yeah. End show, but all actors, particularly musical theatre actors, have to breathe well, mm-hmm. as do joggers. Do you think our on the track audience are going to be starting their jog right now?
2: They should be. Hopefully, They've done a couple stretches, yeah, <laughs> some hamstring stretches, and then yeah, I would recommend to focus on the breathing. So doing inhale, inhale through the nose,
1: and then, so you're two in through the nose, and two, two out. out through the mouth, is it open mouth, yes, okay, so,
2: I feel like I'm a window tribe right now,
1: yeah, <laughs> what's it in finding me he's like shark bait, oh, yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: and should you do that while you're running, it feels to me like that would be unsafe,
2: No, it's fine at the beginning, and then you just naturally go into your normal breathing pattern, which is using the diaphragm.
1: God, yeah. And then you breathe from, like, low down in your belly. Exactly. What do you love about theatre, musical theatre? The sincerity. Mm -hmm. It's a space for the sincere. Everyone there is on board with a big number, a song, a dance. The people who hate musical theatre aren't there. Like, they wouldn't buy a ticket. They wouldn't be there. So you're safe from, like, the bullies. You yeah. go to the show, it's so sincere, I love the soaring numbers, I just love the sort of crescendos into like big moments, the costumes, the dancing, like, mm. it's a delight for the eyes, it's a delight for the ears. This just proudness on stage. They're talented, they're no,
2: really no, talented. And they're taking, I love it, I know what you mean, it's taking yourself seriously, it's a bit David Brent-esque.
1: Yeah, but he's short-sighted of himself because he thinks he's something he's not, whereas musical theatre talents are blessings to the planet mm-hmm. like when they're good at what they do it's a joy to watch and to behold
2: yeah uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: <laughs> you can't take me seriously no I, if I i'm mean completely it. honest uh, i like
2: it's almost like a marmite type thing it is yeah sometimes you watch some of them and i'm like you're taking it too far you know when they pop out of the window and they're like what did you want from me today? was <laughs> like okay, but then some of them like I think I like the dancey ones. Oh yeah, like, like Chicago, Bob mm, Fosse. Yes.
1: Yeah, when it when it's a stylish musical, there's there's nothing like it. All the elements have to come together, and when it does, wow.
2: Okay. Okay. So should we begin? Do you want to yeah. start?
1: Because last time I, great shout. So. Obviously, we're doing this is a musical theater episode, but crucially, it's the musical theater episode of Run the Track, and it's for running. So I'm a huge musical theater fan, but these are the songs that work on my run. These are by no means my favourite musicals. These are by no means what I think is the best. Or this is specifically for a run. Mm-hmm. That's my first caveat. My second caveat is we decided to have no Disney songs, and the third caveat was no Hamilton. The longest run I ever did was when I just put Hamilton on, listened to it the whole way through, and I managed to do eight kilometres. Wow. By just having Hamilton all the way through. So
2: I need to give that a watch.
1: I definitely watch it. It's obviously the musical of the decade, blah, blah, blah. But it's great for a run. Okay, fine. Okay. And how do you feel about the so Disney rule?
2: The Disney rule is perfect because it needs its own stage. It does need its own stage.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we got that out of the way. This is my first song. Well, maybe I would choose the original, actually, but this has specifically had a lot of like artificial beats added to it, which helped for the run. So it's the Jay-Z version of Annie, the musical, but not his Hard Knock Life ghetto anthem track. His It's actually taken from the soundtrack of the 2014 film that he made.
2: Oh, wow. And
1: that I haven't seen. But this is a really good song for a run. by Charles Strauss, lyrics by Martin Chernin produced by Greg Kirsten. You're an Annie fan. I'm a massive Annie fan. Mm. I've always
2: wanted to be Annie. I like know all the quotes. Still really? From childhood, yeah.
1: I think you're a bigger Annie fan than me. Um, even though I've chosen I this think song,
2: I really saw myself in her friend, the little one. She was like really bossy and like, yes. What? Is she the one that's like, make that my
1: floor shine like the top of yeah, I the Chrysler <laughs> Building? What
2: was what the quote as well from Annie? We're not having hot mush today. Yay! We're having cold mush. <laughs> I love, That's the best character, I think, Miss Hannigan. Miss mean, Hannigan she's just evil. Legend. She's just yeah.
1: pure evil. Yeah. Oh, she has the bath with vodka and it pours. You her. know this film so much better than oh, me. Oh, yeah, I am like an addict. What I remember, base. I had a VHS Yeah. that was Oliver and Annie in mm. one VHS. Mm-hmm. And I watched Oliver over and over and over again, but I wouldn't. I've tried running to Oliver, and it actually. So did you
2: see yourself as Oliver then?
1: I saw myself as Artful Dodger. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And my brother was Oliver, and we used to sing "Consider Yourself" to our parents.
2: Yeah, yeah. I actually performed Oliver Twist on in the musical. Oh shit! In a musical, bit. yeah. What character? You were Oliver. I was a pickpocket. Just that's it. You know, in your yeah. pickpocket number twenty-one. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it was a quite an irrelevant part, to be honest. But I did because I was the smallest of the kids. Oh, love Had it. to faint like as a dramatic thing and like a funny thing mm-hmm. i feel like the smallest people are always use as the funny one
1: yes did you have a line
2: i didn't have a line but i had a singing part
1: honey where they
2: it. you know it's like god got to pick a pocket or and then i go to and then like ah! <laughs> <laughs> and then they all
1: laugh because it's really bad oh shit yeah so it was a sort of comedy line yeah. Nice. Did you get the laughs every night? I got
2: the laughs, yeah. And I'm like, oh, ha, <laughs> ha, the small one. <laughs> um,
1: That's but a high I you'll think... be chasing the rest of your life, yeah.
2: huh? <laughs> Have you ever done musical theatre, like, when you were younger?
1: Has the Pope ever done musical theatre? Yes. yes. I played a whore. Sorry? <laughs> I was in Sweeney Todd, I played the old beggar woman, and I was raped on stage
2: how old sorry
1: Um, yeah I don't think they would do it these days I think it's a sign of how old we are that that was allowed it was so funny to have like a girl from the girls school sort of being like theatrically raped by boys from the boys school and that probably was happening at like all the house parties (laughs) anyway (laughs) No, lol. Um, also, sorry, can I you just are, say, yeah.
2: at a Highgate party once, oh, no. I went to, Oh no. a girl and a guy would get, boy and a girl, were getting mm-hmm. off, this is like when we were like 14, and the girl stuck her finger up the guy's bum, that's and then okay. he screamed, and it like went down, as like a thing that <laughs> The way I said that's okay, it's really vulnerable. That's okay. That's okay. That's like a mum to their child. Like, that's okay. That's okay. It's normal. It's normal. Everyone wants to stick fingers up bums.
1: I mean, people do stick. We're, we're older now. Like, mm. the fingers and the bums, they're not strangers. <laughs> <laughs> they work
2: well together.
1: They're like you and me. <laughs> who's the finger and who's the bum? <laughs> I guess because I'm a Taurus, I'd be the bum. We've really strayed from Yeah. Annie. Okay,
2: so Annie, um, so tell me about the song.
1: So yeah, it's really interesting the backstory of the song. Um I was trying to work out, so you know how Jay-Z had the ghetto anthem of From Standing on the Corns Barping, from mm. like with the a sample from Annie, I was like, that's really cool that Jay-Z is probably like us, a huge musical theatre fan, loves Annie. Secret Geek. Yeah, Secret Geek. I sort of looked into the backstory of that. So when Jay-Z was growing up, He was from Brooklyn. At the time, it wasn't gentrified. So it wasn't the Brooklyn we know and love today, which is where all your friends go and move to when they've got, like, a tech job. It was, you know, a hard-knock life. Mm -hmm. And Annie's just, like, constantly on stage in New York. So there was a TV advert for Annie. Mm -hmm. And then one of his producers... Just heard the horns. He bought the soundtrack and was like, oh, "I'm buying it for the horns." But then he heard the kids singing "Hard Not Life," and he was like, "This is great." Mm. Then he gave it to someone called Kid Capri, um, who I don't, I haven't personally heard of. So Kid Capri would like play this, the Hard Not Life, like during his shows. And he said, "When I came out for my second set of the night on the No Way Out tour, I would start with the instrumental version of Hard Not Life." fans were running up and saying, How did you get the Annie song behind the drums? It was mostly white people coming up to me. <laughs> so you can imagine like people like me. me and you. Like we accidentally ended up at some cool like hip hop thing, but then you hear Annie and you're like, What the fuck? Yeah. Run up to him and then he was like I knew from the reaction I was getting that it was really working. And by the third or fourth show, Jay-Z rolled up and asked me where I got that from. This is a quote from Jay-Z, he said I wasn't worried about the clash between the hard lyrics and the, and the image of redhead Annie. Instead, I found the mirror between the two stories, that Annie's story was mine, and mine was hers, and the song was the place where our experience weren't contradictions, just different dimensions of the same reality. Wow. I feel like that's such a strong man to be, like, so so many men are, like, musical theatres lame girls are lame and it's like no this is a sick beat a sick song Mm. you've seen that you get that it's about the hard conditions of living in a city
2: also sorry i'm quite enjoying that you gave him a southern american accent
1: (laughs) yeah he's like fully from brooklyn (laughs) i took him to where alabama arkansas
2: (laughs) yeah he's in it for the music and for the meaning of
1: the meaning of but then i also read that the orphans featured on the song weren't paid a dime (gasps) are you joking Mm. How weird! So they get nothing for Jay Z's song. Their contracts weren't renegotiated by the original writer of the song. No, sure.
2: that really ruins it for me. That's like ending a fairy tale with a bad.
1: Well, that's what instinct. the that's what the orphan said, the girl who played an orphan said. She was like, "Well, that's how it goes. It's the hard knock life." Wow. wow! Well done. No That one was really, you That was a really nice. End. Yeah, exactly. Fair enough.
2: Fine. Fair enough. Okay. okay. Speaking of dance musicals, Chicago.
1: Oh, she From like, New York to Chicago.
2: Yeah, so... Um, which actually does follow Bob Fossey. Fosse Verdon. Fosse right Because they are origin- they were from New York. So my song is... We both reached for oh, the gut. Oh, wow. Fred
0: <laughs> Casely? My ex-boyfriend. why just you shoot him? I was leaving. Fred move along, she knew that she was doing wrong Then describe it He came toward me With the pistol From my bureau Did you fight him Like a tiger He had strength and she had none And yet we both reached for the gun Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, we both Oh yes, we both, oh yes, we both reached for the gun The gun, the gun, the gun Oh yes, we both reached for the gun, for the gun
2: That was We Both Reached for the Guard, produced by Randy Spenlove and Rick Wake, and the writers were Fred Ebb and John Kander, featuring Richard Gere, Christine Baranski, Renee
1: Zellweger. Is
2: she in the song? Yeah, she's on his... Have you not? You oh, remember? she's the dummy. Yeah, definitely see Fosse slash Verdon. Yeah, yeah. And it's like in lights, it's really, you know what, it's almost, they make it quite theatrical. I love it when I'm um, see that. TV productions do that. And it's when, on iPlayer. So basically, Gwen Verdon was a very famous dancer, and that's, Bob Fossey met her when she was really young, and like, seduced her, but Classic. he was known as a massive seducer, so he would just have all these affairs, even while they were married, throughout their lives. I don't want to give away everything Please don't give me the
1: spoilers, please.
2: But anyway, so she was about 40-something, I'm not sure, at the age, when he got the position or role of the choreographer for Chicago, which is like... The dances in Chicago are renowned. Like, they're Mm -hmm. the best ever. And it's a very fossy movement. Mm -hmm. Um, Very sexy. Yeah, it's kind of sharp. Okay, Um, yeah, like silhouettes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Kind
2: of quite 1920s-y as Mm -hmm. well. She wanted to be the main star... Roxy Mm -hmm. but she was like over 40 she wasn't and with dancing it is like athletic almost Mm -hmm. like you have to be on tip-top like
1: you wouldn't be in the Olympics at
2: forty. well that's and then how interesting is this so obviously the seat the famous scene in Chicago if you've seen the film he's the puppeteer of her and she sat on his knee the only reason that came about is because they did originally have a very intense dance choreography for the song but he was obviously still with her and noticed how tired she was getting and everyone was getting frustrated with her. So he created a choreography for her where she was just sat down so she could actually rest for part of the theatre production. That's amazing. How amazing is that?
1: Would you let someone cheat on you if they gave you this like really cool part in something?
2: And I like that lifestyle as well. Would yep. I? No. Love is too important to me.
1: But what if you knew it was just, like, purely sexual and it wasn't, like, they weren't actually going to fall in love with someone else. They were just...
2: I think that's was exactly what it was, actually, for. you hit the nail on
1: the head. I know, but I think that's what a lot of women have to struggle with, is the fact that...
2: Women and men, no?
1: Yes. Yes. Just from personal experience.
2: Chicago, for me, is just, you can't get better.
1: You no, it's stunning. It was the first musical to win Oscar, for Best Picture, I think. Mm.
2: And they use a very similar i think it is the exact same choreography in the film as in the theater production
1: and that's just a great song we yeah, both wish again don't go? again this is comes into the category of songs that work for us not songs we're obsessed with yeah but again when i was running around victoria park on my shuffle this song just came up and i would never normally listen to it but it really helped me dig deep Ooh, wow. and it just it was um the greatest showman cast headed by Hugh Jackman, uh, singing the song The Greatest Show, written by Benj Pasek and Justin Paul.
0: Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. You've been searching in the dark, your sweat soaking through the floor. And buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore. Taking your breath, Stealing your mind, and all it was real is left behind. Don't fight it, it's coming for you running at you. It's only this moment, don't care walk together Y'all feel a dream, can't you see getting closer? Just surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over. It's fire.
2: So that's quite nice for the
1: runners out there. It's really good for a beginning of a musical as well because it gets your attention instantly. Sit down. You dare leave this room. Yeah,
2: it's a bit like. It's
1: like, you know, at the beginning of the roller coaster when it's like, hmm, lights go down. You have no choice. You have no choice. You're on this roller coaster, baby.
2: You better enjoy it or. Well,
1: that's it. That's it. Initially, when it came out, it was considered a flop. Okay. And then it's one of these like quirks of the box office that. It just built up a very slow reputation, of word of mouth, of people being like, it's actually not that bad. Like, if you've got kids, you need them to see something, go to it, and you won't hate it, Mm -hmm. which then transformed into, this is good, which then transformed into, like, there are some evergreen musical hits within this movie, and the story's really problematic. He, like, ran a circus. Circus is my least favourite aesthetic. I hate it there, I just, I'm such a sucker for a melody, and there's even my favourite song in it, which I wouldn't run to, it's so grossly sung, it's sung by children, and it sounds like sugar, treacle, like singing, it makes you feel sick, but It's one of the most lovely melodies I've ever heard. Wow. Every night I lie in bed. I mean, I'm not going to lie. The way that you're, like, the passion. Thank you. And I can feel
2: it and I can see it in your eyes (laughs) is, like, I need to go and immediately watch it now. Wow,
1: okay. Also, you know who's stunning in this film and who is an excellent musical theatre performer? Who? Zac Efron.
2: What the F? As in Ron. F. Ron. F. Yeah. Ron. He's weirdly, like, I feel like at the moment people are taking him a lot more seriously. He's a
1: very talented man. Pasek and Paul, we really need to talk about, As mo- in terms of modern musical theatre. They met at college, um, they're 35, but they wrote the lyrics to all the La La Land songs. They wrote Dear Evan Hansen, the one that's like, Waving through a window. Oh my, It's about anxiety. God, bring but, me in. Honestly. Bring me in, darling. Basically, they are, in the world of musical theatre, the biggest yeah. the biggest thing in the world right now. And I Googled their net worth. $17 million. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah, what
2: would you do with $17 million?
1: Really good question. I'd buy a little house off Columbia Road and never work again. Just make podcasts the rest of my life. Aw,
2: and it's just for fun. I may buy a house in- next
1: door and turn it into an improv theatre.
2: Do you think that no matter how much money you have, you always consider still wanting and attaining more money.
1: No, 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 no. You don't think that exists? I think it exists in some people. I just, I know my limit. I know what I want in life. And I'm happy to just stay on a certain level once mm-hmm. I get it. I just don't want to have the over the horrible anxiety. Of Question like... mark, you
2: sound like a Torian.
1: No, I'm a Libra. Mm.
2: It's quite Taurian to be laid back.
1: Anyway. I do think Torians love money, though.
2: Oh, deep. Because Anything I was seeing a
1: Torian at one point, and I was like, and it was like ways to impress Tauruses, and it was like money, 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 and I was like, I just don't have it right now, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, The Greatest Showman is a surprisingly enjoyable film. It achieved great success. I think that's what they wanted to happen to Cats.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When it flopped, they were like, "Don't worry, The Greatest Showman smashed it." Eventually, God, Cats!
2: Oh my God, have you seen the Ricky Gervais?
1: Yeah. Also, I I was working at Andrea Durba's company when Cats came out, the the film. But I've signed an NDA, but I was in the room when the reviews came through. Oh, wow. Anyway, your next song.
2: Okay. Okay, my next one is... James. Amazing choice, well
1: done. But can I ask the question, what musical is that from?
2: Um, so it's from Motown, if you've seen it. It's been in quite Um, recent. Motown the Musical. And it's the history of the runnings of the record label Motown. They had the most amazing um, Motown artists like Diana Ross, Smokey Robinson, Marvin Gaye, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder. Mm. And it literally goes through, like, chronologically, like, how they brought people in within this um, Rick James, an artist who was born in 1948. Okay. Um, basically he actually starts off as a songwriter for Motown because they don't want to actually employ him or sign him as an artist because he's very dodge. He, um, sure. has been in and out of prison. Um, at one point, a quote from him is that he buys $7,000 worth of cocaine a week.
1: Oh. You're a life liver. Yeah, you're a live liver and you're a life risker.
2: Yeah, so unfortunately that is how um, he died, died. He bought
1: 7,000 pounds of cocaine a week. How did he die? Heart cocaine.
2: Attack, Co- <laughs> <laughs> He'd already had a heart attack previously.
1: Sorry, <laughs> no, I'm just imagining. Sorry, that's him, not... That's I'm quite, just imagining like, just... him singing that song on cocaine. It's the most cocaine song you've ever heard. Yeah. It makes well... perfect sense. <laughs> it's like
2: stunt. It's so off.
1: Jesus. just. <laughs> Like, going into the yes, bathroom, like, so I need a poo. Makes sure so you think I've lived in the sunshine.
2: Oh, my God, same. How cute was she with the belly? I feel like I, at that age, had the pot belly, so when I saw her with the pot belly and, like, dancing, I was like, I've done that so many times in my own room. Mm.
1: I love that confidence of children. I know, and I love the joy at the end when they're like, this is fucking bullshit, let's all just dance yeah. on stage. That's, the, that's what we want to promote with the fun running, that attitude of, like... Stop caring what people think. All these things are just good fun. Musicals are fun. Music is fun. Like Laugh. Like, find it fun. Live, laugh, and laugh. Yeah. 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 I really don't have an issue with that as a saying. I hate it when people take the piss out of
2: it. I just think me and you have been deep geeks inherently, but we somehow have got into social groups that we shouldn't have.
1: I know. I completely agree. I think we grew up in a society that on the surface was very open-minded in terms of like, what everyone like politically agreed with, mm. but there was such an underlying iron fist of like what's cool and what's not cool. Mm. We've got over that now that we're sixteen, 16, 17, You know, we've Yay. got past it. Do you want to go? <laughs> okay, so my final song is from a musical that's very dear to me, but this is from the film Hairspray. Baltimore, there's race riots happening, and there's this young, I think she's Jewish. She
2: just watched The Wire as well, which okay. is Baltimore. Oh,
1: yeah. is it? Oh, haven't seen one. She wants to get onto this musical scene dancing show. She can't get on, and then in the process of that, it's slightly white saviory. She recognizes the sort of race separation in Baltimore at the time. He's like, oh my god, I'm just worried about being overweight and not being on this show when actually there's a far deeper issue with like race in the United States. I have a feeling there's a lot of problematic elements to it, but I think the songs are amazing.
0: Turn black. Good for you, girl. You got on the show. Oh, well, you better be nat You got that right. Oh, you know she is. You better show, girl.
1: Run and Tell That from Hairspray, the musical soundtrack, music by Mark Shaman, lyrics by Scott Whitman and Mark Shaman, performed by Elijah Kelly, but the voice you heard there was Taylor Parks. She's such a good singer. She just has this one solo in the song, Run and Tell That, and it blows your mind. And I found out that she um, is a singer-songwriter who has written many hits, including songs for Ariana Grande, Alicia Keys, Pentatonics, Mariah Carey, and Fifth Harmony, among others. And Sandy doesn't have her own career. Between me and you? Yeah. What do you think that means?
2: Do you think someone is just not commercially successful? I, think, like I don't talking?
1: think this is between you and me. I think this is a really interesting topic.
2: Because what does that, like the Kerry Hilson thing we said?
1: Kerry Hilson week. as well. Yeah, I think I think it's all to do with marketing. And I think all anyone wants is a story. You almost need like two adjectives. And if you don't have those two adjectives to define you, people don't know how to sell you. Mm. So often if you're, like, an incredible singer, but there's no story, like, how do you sell that person?
2: Because it's like, an example would be, like, Britney Spears. Oh, my
1: God, Britney we could talk about... Have, have you been watching her Instagram? Well, no,
2: I don't have Instagram. Don't know,
1: but, but, like, you no, seen... I've heard
2: I've heard of it. It sounds so weird. What, I just... I think that happens to a lot of child stars, like yeah. Anisha Barton as well.
1: Oh, is that what happened to her? I
2: think the mum... Or dad, or maybe both, have like some sort of weird rights around her as well. As an adult,
0: Mm.
1: to be honest, I find Britney Spears' Instagram really refreshing because she's obviously kind of damaged by her life. But she, I I get the feeling she's being herself.
2: But then, arguably, I saw her when when I went to Las Vegas. I saw her live. It wasn't in any way disappointing, like the Book of Mormon. Mm. But it was was amazing because the music's unreal. The music's like top, top, top. But It was very, like, there was definitely the clown emoji kind of feel to it.
1: In what sense? Can you expand on what Um, the clown emoji means? What I
2: mean is, she was amazing at performing and everything, but it was all lip-syncing. And it felt... We said afterwards, we were like, it was almost as if someone was impersonating her.
1: Wow. So... She was doing an impersonation It felt very
2: vacuous. It didn't feel um, genuine in any way. I felt no connection to her, even though it was her. It was was amazing that she was there, but we just felt like there was a disconnect.
1: I mean, going back to The Greatest Showman, it just reminds me of sort of circus animals, almost, being, like, kept and, like, wheeled out to perform. Yeah.
2: I remember when I was younger, I'm not joking, when I wanted to be a kids' TV presenter, I signed a contract, and the contract, I'm not joking, said... Zero pay, and we own the rights to everything that you do. Three year and a half, and I signed it. Yeah, worrying, mentally oh,
1: weird. We've paying. all been there, yeah. Because
2: I was just excited
1: to do the yes, job. Yes, Mr. Weinstein, I will bend over. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're like the stars in your eyes. You can't. You're like blinded by the whole blinded the, by the
1: lights. The razzle dazzle. Razzle
2: dazzle, honey.
1: It's really scary, and maybe in this sense, Taylor Parks' potential star has like dodged a bullet. Mm-hmm because she's just writing for these big people but doesn't have that lifestyle.
2: Yeah. So I just need my final song now. So this is Land of Lola, Kinky Boots. I would recommend. It's fun. It's
0: very fun. i But the moves <laughs> are fed I'm black Jesus, I'm black Mary But this Mary's legs are hairy I'm your cocoa butter bitch Not just cookie-cutter kitsch I provide the unexpected With a prize that's undetected Men
2: Boots featuring Billy Porter and produced by William Whitman, Stephen Oramus, and Cindy Lauper herself. Oh my god. So Kinky Boots was a winner of every major best musical award. Wow. Including the Tony, the Grammys and the London London's Oliver Award.
1: So Olivier Award. Darling.
2: No, you can't include that. (laughs) No
1: please. (laughs) You could say it again, but just say Olivier sorry sorry i'm being such a dick it's because i'm drunk i'm sorry
2: uh, you were like this before you drank honey <laughs> i'm joking i feel like because we're on kinky boots we're both being sassy now basically it follows a shoe factory owner but it goes through a patch of when he's like almost like unemployed like oh, bankrupt I hate that yeah and then he meets and partners up with cabaret performer and drag queen lola to produce a line of high-heeled boots To save the business for drag queens, because if you think about it, yes, high heels. I've got size three feet, so I am fine. Mm -hmm. But if I had size twelve feet, even nowadays, there's not that much to offer. What what is there to offer? They go up to what size? Yeah, eight. There doesn't seem to be any kind of like growth.
1: Oh well, yeah, considering the wider conversations. 100%.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, it's so fun. It's so glittery. It's, oh, like, yes. really vibrant. Um, He's from, I think he's supposed to be from either the Midlands or, like... A-
1: like Birmingham. Oh. Kinky Boots. Right. Oh, I've got these kinky boots. What's I supposed to do with them down in old Wolverhampton? Uh, Northampton.
2: And it did so well as a theatre production that, yeah, sorry, then it moved to Chicago, Broadway, US tour. Oh, God. So I don't really know the adaptation and if they made it an American parrot. kind
1: of Oh, thing. did they make it? Like, I'm from New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't bear to transport their brains to anywhere beyond the USA. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, true. Um, but, yeah, it it did really well, and when I watched it, I felt like it was a really good kind of like eye opener conversation in musical theatres, both the transgender community and drag queens in general and just openness and like how actually someone from the north who could seemingly seem
1: Midlands, maybe. I'm sorry. Sorry. From the Midlands could... I don't know, maybe I just feel like there's a distinction. Am I being a complete cunt? I'm not minding
2: you at all. Okay, You're minding yourself. I'm minding myself. I'm not judging you.
1: Okay, I just felt like that was really anal of me. Fine.
2: I just think of a factory owner with a drag queen seems so, like, peculiar, even nowadays. But mm. actually, like, it's just the it's the typical thing with anything like that of, like, it's actually fear of the unknown. It's actually fear of the unknown. Fear, 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 fear of the unknown. That's <laughs> showbiz, kid.
1: Okay, um, this is Flora just cutting in at the end. Um to do a little bit of a countdown for anyone who just wanted to run till the end of this episode because of the editing reasons um this episode is going to be 34 minutes long or this run is going to be 34 minutes long um that's not my fault well actually no it is 100% my fault but that's a crazy amount of time you'll be like oh my god yeah I actually weirdly ran for 34 minutes today and the person you speak to will be like, why 34? And you'll be like, oh, it's just because I listened to this like sick podcast called Run the Track. It's not a big deal. You probably haven't heard of it because you're not cool enough. Anyway, you've got 30 seconds left. Um, really well done. You did the run. That's so important. You're going to get those amazing endorphins. Maybe you've huffed and puffed. Maybe you've just been flying about like a little hummingbird. Either way, you should be really proud of yourself for like getting out the door and actually doing it. You've now got 10 seconds left. Have a big glass of water, big pat on the back. Hopefully you can just breathe a little easier and think about musical theatre. And three, two, one. 34 minutes, you're done. How exciting. Well done, you. You can stop, you can keep running, whatever. That's showbiz, kid. (laughs) So, Well
2: done, guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed your run and enjoyed the musical theatre.
1: Yes, we love musical theatre. We could definitely do another episode on musicals. I think, Question
2: mark, do you want it? Let us know. <laughs> tweet us, tweet us at, at pod, pod the run, run the track. <laughs> at, wait, what is it? At pod run the track.
1: At pod run the track. You know it, get to know it. We might do little surveys on there, so it's worth um. And it's worth following, and always tweet us with suggestions, because I think we're quite open to it. Also, sports, if you know anyone who works in sports...
2: Yeah, if you know anyone that works in sports, please let us know, because we'd love to collab um, and get some real insight into how they train, if they run, do they run regularly, as most of our listeners would be interested in as well, I think.
1: Yeah, and when we say, do you know anyone who works in sport, we mean, do you know Anthony Joshua forward slash are you, Anthony Joshua?
2: Are you listening?
1: Anthony, we're all ears for what you listen to when you run, and we really, honestly, can't wait to meet you. Um, So please (laughs) tune in for another episode of Run the Track. Run the Track. Bye, guys. Actually, fear
2: of the unknown.